going on, man? What's going on? Well, the Bruins won an overtime game, I think. Uh, did that really happen, or is that more of like a dream? I think it happened. I'm not sure. Was it last night? It was last night. Because if so, I had the same dream that you had. <laughs> I, it was awesome. I didn't see it coming. The way the refs, the way everything was going on in that game, I thought it was one of those games that was going to be just back-to-back, trap game, didn't get out of it like we wanted to, and that'd be it. That's honestly what I thought it was going to be. I was at the Celtics game last night, so I didn't get a chance to watch it. I did see – I did, you know, read um, the box score. But, uh, you know, when it's not a lot of scoring, there's not a lot of look, there's not a lot of stuff that you can really look at. No, not at all. And, I mean, you're, you're Mr. Famous right now, back-to-back, go to a Bruins game one night, go to a Celtics game the next. It's a pretty nice life you're living right now. Well, I mean, I I was able to get into both. I mean, the the Bruins game was it was a was a birthday gift, and and the Celtics game was that was for an alumni event. So, oh, the Bruins was for an alumni event. That's nice. The Celtics game was for an alumni event. Yeah, the Celtics was. Yeah, can't argue with that. Back to back nights in the Garden. You had two good games to watch. That Celtics game was tight for a while, and they ended up Tatum went off. Tatum was something special. I kept looking up and, you know, I was talking, talking to old friends and um, some old rivals. Uh, that was, that was fun conversations, but uh, I kept looking up and Tatum's, <laughs> Tatum's point total just kept climbing. And I was, I was just, just kept, uh, just kept going up. Well, since we're on the subject of the Celtics, we can kick it off like this. The fact that they ended up staying put at the trade trade deadline was Completely shocking to me. Um, now that it's over, I'm not upset with it, but I'm also concerned on why a move wasn't made. The reason I'm not upset about it is because I know we have the draft picks that will sit there and that we can utilize later, which I'm fine with. But I don't know if we have the pieces around us to go ahead and beat a team like the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. The only reason I'm not too upset is because I know how smart a guy Danny Ainge is. And I know he has a plan for not just this season, but for long term. He's very, you know, like we're really spoiled with the GMs that we have in Boston. Maybe John Henry aside, um, but <laughs> you, we can talk about that later. But you look at Sweeney with the Bruins. You look at Kraft with the Patriots and the Revolution, and you got Danny Ainge with the Celtics. It's uh, it's a lot of guys that think that aren't afraid to to ignore. Uh, the 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 need the immediate need and, and think long term, um, I think that's what Danny Ainge is doing. I think he he thinks you know, there's a chance that we can upset the Bucks uh, with with the weapons that we have. It's it's been pretty evident that we've been <coughs> doing okay without with an injured Marcus Smart and an injured Kemba Walker, two important guys, and yet they're still winning games. It was a big key into Danny Ainge's decision to not really have to move any pieces. So I will tell you this, the, the whole thing with the Kimba injury, it, it is absolutely alarming and concerning to me. The fact that Ames played it down, or Stevens actually played it down, is, hey, his knee flamed up a little bit. We're going to go ahead and give him a couple days. And it went from a couple days to, hey, you know what? We might game manage him the rest of the season. 
that, that that's concerning to me knowing that it could be an ongoing knee issue and if you look at the NBA and you look at the aspect of any guy that's ever had any type of knee issue that is this something that's going to be long term that we're going to have to deal with on a consistent basis with Kimba is it the Celtics just playing it 100% safe which I'm okay with where they are in the standings and to make sure he's healthy for a playoff I just don't want the, be, this to be something to where we get into game three of the first round and it's weight, his knees flaring up again. It'll be interesting to see how the Celtics move forward. I don't know too much information on it. I trust Danny Ainge, and I really trust Brad Stevens to tell us how it is. So if they're lying to us or they're downplaying it, I, I think they have a reason for it. So, Well, they did win again. They're on a roll right now. They, hit, they basically did the same thing the Bruins did. They hit a couple games where it was a struggle. Uh, they did not make any trade at the deadline, which I will – Stay pat with Carter and agree that I have 100% faith in Danny Ainge and I've gained faith in him ever since he got rid of Pierce, Garnett, and Allen all at one time saying, guys, you're going to hate me for this, but please give me five years. And after that, we were blessed because let's be honest, when we had the big three, that was supposed to be a two-year window to win and it turned into a five-year window with them. And right. let us let us not forget the absolute wizardry that Danny Ainge did. In we were we were set to draft Mark out uh, uh, Fultz draft, <laughs> and then he switched that around, and we ended up with a guy I think named Jason Tatum. I think that's how you pronounce it. I think I'll have to double check it when we get off here, and if anybody else wants to chime in and correct us, but I think that's how you say it. People. We could have had Fultz, and look at the disaster that he's been. He's been he's already been traded to to his second team, out of out of Philly, and and we ended up with uh with a, with an all star. Yeah, and the fact that people I there there's three guys right now on this team, and I I would actually out of fourth that you do not include in a trade, and I guarantee all four of them or three out of the four came up in trade talk. You don't move Tatum, you don't move Brown, you don't move Kimba. And you don't move Marcus Smart. He is the most underrated player. Not most underrated. He is very underrated in the entire NBA when it comes from just a, a normal fan looking at him. He is an asset to the Boston Celtics. We would not be where we are now without him coming off the bench. Not only off the bench, when Kimba needs that day of rest, I am fully confident in Marcus Smart starting that game and performing like he needs to to get the win. Absolutely. He's, uh, yeah, yeah, very underrated. Uh, Celtics, uh, keep going on a run. Uh, if we move right over to the Bruins, I love what they're doing. Uh, we went into the all star break. The biggest issue and question that we had is why can't this team be physical? Why can't they play other big teams? And the day after the all star break, it was 100% physical with 20 penalties, three to five fights. And this team has turned a stone that I don't think anybody saw coming right after the break. And especially coming off of Rask's concussion, I don't think you ex anyone expected him, at least me, I didn't expect him to be as sharp as he was right out of the gate. Um, and we really have to give credit where credit is due with Yaro Halak. He held, he, I mean, people forget how many teams that Halak was the starter for. He <coughs> is such a phenomenal backup and and I hope he stays in Boston for the rest of his career uh, because he's just held his ground and he's kept us in the race and now they're they're atop the table 
And he will stay in Boston, guys. And the reason I say this is uh, me and Carter touched on this the other day on a personal conversation. Halak is a little bit above 600 goalie as a starter. Not a rotating goalie as a starter on a NHL hockey team. In the playoffs, he is below 500. He has not been able to carry a team as a starter. And I think he understands and knows that his position is on a rotating team that rotates their goalies on a consistent basis like the Boston Bruins. Nobody does it better than Boston. Now I'm starting to watch other teams do what we've done this year to where it's on, off, on, off, on, off for each goaltender. But Halak knows there's no reason for him to leave unless, one, he can go be a starter at a playoff contender that can actually make a run at a cup. But guess what? Most of those teams already have their starting goaltender. One. Two, I think the Bruins will open up their pocketbook, not pay him a huge amount of money, but give him deserved money to be a backup goaltender and continue to make runs, multiple runs, at a Stanley Cup. You said it. I mean, you look at the backups that the, that the Bruins have had in the past, and you got I mean, Hudobin, who I still love, both as a player. And a Who's playing player. well. Who's playing real well right now. Doing well in Dallas. Hudobin does, does well just about wherever he's gone. Um, Chad Johnson was, was another favorite of mine. He was incredible when he played at home in Boston. Um, who else have we had? I mean, it's just – I don't think there's – I can only really name Hudobin and then Rask as the best backups to when he was backing up Tim Thomas that yep. that, that it, the Bruins have had. They've been really fortunate. And you, you can't tell me this team doesn't remind you of the, the tandem when you had Thomas and Rask. Now you, have, I mean, now you have Rask and Halak. I can't liken it to that too much just because it wasn't as rotational with, with Tim Thomas and Tuga Rask. True. Um, it wasn't as 50-50 as it is right now. Uh, but you look at the threat that you had in net when you had Rask and then Tim Thomas, and you were seeing two starters. Yeah. And, guys, the physicality aspect, I still, to this day, and Carter, I want your opinion on this, please. I still think a trade needs to be made. If we're playing this good hockey, this really good hockey right now with the team that we have, if we can bring in – and I'm just naming three names that have been talked about for the last two months. If you can bring in a Kreider, a Toffoli, or a Palmieri, if you can bring any of those guys in on the second line and you only lose a Hayden, a draft pick, a draft pick and a prospect, if that's all you're going to lose, I'm good with that. And I think that will really step up the level and put us on a whole nother platform to be able to make this cup run. I agree. I think that was really the only thing that, that took us down in, in a seven-game series in the cup final was you you were beat up, and that was about it. Yep. And the top line, remember, the top line was MIA, 100% MIA. And I, I, I look at it to the aspect of when the top line's scoring, the second line nobody even looks at. No matter how they're performing, good or bad, the second line is never even discussed. It gets put on the third and fourth line for not making up for what the first line's doing. So if you have a first line and a second line that are consistently scoring, that takes off the pressure of the third and fourth to just let them play hockey and let them do what they got to do. And it showed last night with Corrali. I mean, that line was great last night, and I think it's due to the fact that they don't feel the pressure that they felt in the Stanley Cup that cost them to lose in Game 7. 
I'd have to completely agree. You I mean you you want your third and fourth lines to produce, obviously, but they're there to be on the ice to give your give your top two lines a rest, give them a breather, maybe maybe beat up whoever else is on the ice, hit them into the boards, make them tired, make them have to work for everything. Don't give up a goal. You're not necessarily asking them to put up crazy numbers. You're they're out there to give the first two lines a rest. You know, obviously not give up a goal, maybe go on the power play, but you're out there to give the top two lines a rest. Yep. Um, Pasternak is on a, I don't want to say a, a downslide by any means, but Pasternak has not put the goal in the net the last few games. A lot of people are looking at that. Don't look at the, hey, is he keeping up with Ovechkin? Because these guys are going to go in droughts. And when I say a drought for an all-star like that, a drought's not scoring in two or three games. And then in the fourth game, he scores two or three goals. That Until he goes goalless for two weeks, I'm not concerned at all. He's still making plays. He's still putting the puck on net. It's just not going in the net. So I don't want to hear this, oh, Ovechkin's up on him by two goals. He's going to lose the scoring title. Give the scoring title to yeah. Ovechkin. Give the president's trophy yeah. to the Capitals. Give Alex it Ovechkin is Alex Ovechkin for a reason. When you think of Alex, when you think of Alex Ovechkin, you think of the Rocket Richard Trophy for a reason. Every year, so it's just it's consistency. It's just another level of physicality matched with that. When Pasternak's not scoring, he's drawing two, three guys to his attention, and that's gonna that's gonna open the window for for other guys like Corrali and for McAvoy to get their goals. So, if Pasternak's not scoring, he's doing something. It's just not obvious. Marshan is back to his normal self. He's not scoring as much as we're used to, guys. But look at the assist sheet. He's assisting. To me, an assist means just as much as a goal. Because if you have an assist, that means somebody else scored based off of something that you did. So just quit looking at goals and the amount of goals scored. Keep getting the W no matter what line it comes from. We are number one in the NHL as of right now. I don't want that at the end of the year. I'd love it to lose it to the Capitals by a point. Because I truly believe, Carter, the President's Trophy is 110% a curse. I don't like it. I don't want it. I don't want it near us. <laughs> I don't want it. The only thing I want to have to do with the President is getting an invite to the White House because we won the Stanley Cup. <laughs> That's the only thing I want to hear about, President and hockey. That's it. I'm trying to look up right now the last time a President's Trophy uh, team won and I think it was the the 2012 2013 Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> I think it's right. only happened. It's only happened eight times. Think about that. In the in when the you, in the entire NHL since the 80s. I'm reading off of, off of uh, Pro Stock Hockey right now. Since the 85 86 season, Presidents Trophy winners have won the Stanley Cup only eight times. So since 85 1985 1986, that's only happened eight times. So with that being said, I look at it like this, guys. You have to go through slums. You have to go through bad times. And I will go all the way back to when the Patriots faced the Giants in the undefeated season. I truly believe that if they lost a game during the regular season, they would have won the Super Bowl. Because here's what happens. You go on such a big run, and you're constantly winning all the time, and you don't know what it feels like to lose. When you come from behind three goals or four touchdowns, whatever the situation is, when you're down in that big game that matters, the urgency is not there solely because you're so used to it just working out for you. 
you're on the bench saying, oh, well, we'll do it. We've, this, this is just the way it works. We always come back. We always score. We always get a turnover. That's your mentality because you're so used to winning. When you, you expect it to happen instead you, of doing it yourself. Correct. So the urgency level is not there at that point in time, and it doesn't cause you to go ahead and say, you know what? We need to change something because you're like, no, we're not changing anything because it always works. So the slumps, as much as we hate them as a fan base, and me and you both, Carter, get frustrated, angry. Oh, damn, Bruins aren't another slump. It's a good thing if the slump is just for a period of time. If it continues, then you have issues, period. I mean, that's obvious. But slumps are not bad. We took our slump when we needed, or not when we needed, when it happened. And then look what we started to do again. We started to play the Bruins hockey that we did at the beginning of the season. Boston's not a city to experience a slump and not do anything about it. No, I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't remember a time where we've gone through a slump in my lifetime. I know that, you know, the Patriots used to be a garbage franchise. The Bruins for years were, were, you know, a bottom of the table team. Uh, you know, the Red Sox, we, 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 we know, we, we remember the curse. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't remember it. I, I don't speak of that anymore. It's gone. It's, gone. <laughs> it's edited. It's, it's out of my head. In my lifetime, in my 23 years of being alive, the, the city of Boston is not, you know, rested on the fact that, you know, there's a slump and so, all right, I guess we're a slumping team now. They've, they've done something about it. They've made the trade, they've made the move, or they've made the coaching change, and, and it's fixed. Yeah. We, guys, let's face it. As fans of Boston sports, we don't accept mediocre in any sport. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer. All of it, which we got to talk if soccer is even a sport, which we'll get to that in a minute, Carter. But, <laughs> oh, but we don't accept taking an L, whether it's one L, five Ls. We, we don't accept it. The, the Patriots losing to the Titans, 100% unacceptable. But guess what? We're bred to where if we don't go to the Super Bowl and win it, that's a lost season. When you have some organizations that – if you make the playoffs, it's a win. You can enjoy it, and it's fun. Unfortunately, look at, look at the joy. Look at the joy that the I remember very clearly of the Carolina Hurricanes fans when they made it to the when they found out that the Hurricanes were making it to the playoffs. Oh. They lost their they lost their goddamn mind. Yeah, and I'm in North Carolina now, guys, so I can 110 percent vouch for that. They didn't care what happened after that. And then every win they got, that's why they're called a bunch of jerks. I mean, look at the team itself celebrating after every regular season win as if they just won the Stanley Cup. I'm what, all for it. See, you like it. I hate it. I can't stand it. Because <laughs> I, I go back to the act like you've been there. But then I think about on the flip side. Wait. <laughs> but they haven't. You haven't been there. So, But that goes back to being a fan of Boston sports. Guys, since I was 12, we've been winning. I can't accept losing. I dread for my children because I know that they're going to have to deal with the downtime of Boston sports. It's going to happen. We don't want to admit it or even talk about it, but at some point in time, it's not going to be this much fun. Me and you, Carter, are going to have a lot more interesting podcasts a couple years down the road because we're going to be so pissed off about how oh, we're bad it's going to be. Dallas. We're going to be the Cowboys. Yes. Um, so that's we, we got some Celtics talking. We got some Bruins talk. 
I want to get to the soccer in a minute. I want to know, how do you feel about the outcome of the Mookie Betts David Price trade? Well, I mean, pending these this medical fiasco that we got going on, which yes. might affect how everything happens. For those of you that don't know, the reliever that we're getting from the Twins failed his medical test. And not only did he fail it, the Red Sox went back and looked at his medical records and believed that he is not ready to be a starter due to medical issues, which the trade most likely will still go through. But as they usually do, but the good side is because I'll let you speak to it. I don't personally believe the Red Sox got enough for it, period. But due to the medical issue, it does allow Boston to revisit the Twins and the Dodgers and ask to get more in return. Which I think the Red Sox should get for a once in a generational talent like Mookie Betts. I don't think they're getting it solely because they put price in there. And the reason I say that is if I'm the Dodgers and I'm like, okay, I'm eating 27 mil this year from Mookie Betts. I can't guarantee that Mookie's going to sign with us at the end of the year either, which by the way, folks, remember he could go play in LA and then be a free agent and possibly back in Boston or with another team at the end of the year. But I think when we priced, when we, it's so hard to say price and price in the same sentence. When we paired price with Mookie, that forced the Dodgers to eat $46 million of his contract, only making it to where we owe him $16 million a year while he doesn't play with us. And if on the Dodgers, I'm saying, hey, we're taking Mookie. Love it. Thank you. The trade's great. But if we're taking David Price and we're eating $46 million for a mediocre pitcher right now, I'm not giving you that much in return for Mookie. See, I wouldn't call David Price uh, mediocre. What I would say is that he's streaky. Uh, <coughs> and his attitude off the field really affects how he plays. Um, David Price, when he's on his game, is a dangerous asset to your to your pitching arsenal. I think a, to this change of senior is necessary. And I think that, that was evident in how he played this past season because he was pretty vocal about not really wanting to be in Boston for too long and his whole bananas feud with Dennis Eckersley, which by the way, Dennis, you're not, you're not in the league anymore. You can stay out of it. Yeah. And please um, Dennis, get off our airplane. Like go, take another plane, like have, have Nesson fly you on a, on a plane that's not with the players, please. Yeah. Like what, what are you doing? Man? You're yeah. Well, that's, that's a whole other issue, but I think, I think, you know, when you think about the Dodgers eating, how much, eating the salaries that they're eating right now, they're going to turn into, they're going to, I could guarantee you in the next three or four years, they're going to win a championship. They, they've, they've, they at the very least deserve one. Um, they're very talented. They're talented enough to win one, but they're going to turn into what the Red Sox have been the past three seasons with eating a ton of luxury tax. Yep. Losing draft picks. Unload stars. Yep. Cause for those of you that don't know when you're over the luxury tax, you are losing draft picks. They take draft picks from you. Not only do you have to pay an extra tax, you're losing draft picks on top of that, which to me, I'm sorry for all you diehard baseball fans. Draft picks don't mean anything in baseball. I, I, unless it's just a complete stud that is known all over ESPN and college. There's so many guys to pick and choose from. That's why the scouting department in these baseball organizations gets paid so much. There's so many baseball players out there that you can go after if you're looking in the right areas. I, uh, 
I, I'm not take my draft pick. I'm, I'm I'm fine with that. No worries. Yeah. But the downfall for us as Sox fans, guys, be ready. Calling it right now. This is gonna go one or two ways. Either we're gonna sneak into a wild card, or three quarters of the way through the season, we're gonna be 26 games back in the division. I hate it. I don't like it. I'm not confident when you look at our starting pitching lineup right now that we can compete with anybody in the East besides Baltimore, who is usually 37 games back by the end of the season. Um, it could be a long, long road for us this baseball season. I truly feel that way. But if you don't have anything to watch with baseball, you could watch soccer, which to some people is a sport. To others, Carter, it's a bunch of men flopping on the ground. Okay, let's let's get into it. Here it goes, guys. Please, right. if you're not sitting down, please sit down. Get your popcorn. Carter's about to go on a rant that nobody has heard from this guy. Everybody knows Carter as the nice guy, the quiet guy. Not today. I played four years at the Division One level. Um, my sophomore year, we finished third in the country. Uh, and then the, my last two years in college, we were top 25. Um, we played against some of the best athletes in the world. Um, I've had several teammates that are now uh, pro athletes, and I've played against um, many, many prof- now professional athletes that are in Major League Soccer and over in Europe that have played on national teams. Um, so this is all I have to say to you guys that uh, they think soccer isn't a sport or it's too boring uh, or their players are just wusses that fall down when they get breathed on. And I'm, I've gotten... I'm going to name some names here because some of you guys in the, in the Bruins page, uh, vis-a-vis Cole Paquette and Vic Spirena, Spirana, however you want to pronounce your last name, go ahead and plop yourself in the middle of a professional game for a full 90-plus minutes. See if you can keep up. See if you can run as fast and for as long as they do. See how flat-out stupid you look trying to take the ball away from these guys, let alone trying to dribble it yourself. These people who say it's too boring seem to forget that baseball games on average are over or well over three hours if they don't go into extra innings tied at one to one the freaking nfl averages well over three hours but on average there's only 11 minutes of actual gameplay there's there's the counter argument oh well they're all standing around anyway or it's too boring well i apologize that you can only focus for five minutes at a time before your attention drifts off and you need 10 minutes of commercials for your Focus to reset. I'll let, I'll let your rant go on. The only one thing I know about soccer, guys, because I've done my research. For those of you that say they're standing around in a 90-minute soccer game, one thing right now, the average soccer player in one game runs 9.5 miles. Boom! There's my soccer fact. Carry on, Carter. <laughs> to those, I appreciate that. <laughs> those of you think it's th- soccer soft, I would just love Love, love, love to see you get absolutely bodied off of the ball by any one of these guys in MLS or the Premier League or anywhere else in Europe. These guys have thighs and quads like freaking tree trunks and can run for days, like you just said, nine miles. I was a goalkeeper. Um, you also, I would love to see you guys stand a net and get an 80 plus, 90 plus mile an hour shot, rip at your face. Um, and you, 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 you act like you've never seen an NBA game where guys fall down to the hardwood like there's a sniper in the crowd. Flopping happens in every single professional sport. Even in, in, in soccer, there's penalty sport. You can get a yellow card 
for embellishment. I know you guys <laughs> know that word. Diving and flopping are more than frowned upon by anyone who plays soccer. Lastly, I need to talk about those who argue that soccer is only the most watched sport in the world because they don't have any other sports elsewhere. That's a real argument I've heard. Basketball is tremendously huge in Europe. Hockey is an incredibly popular sport in Europe, and you look at Russia, anywhere else. Baseball is huge in Central America and South America. Football is growing in, in Europe and Australia, and yet soccer is still the most watched sport all over the world simply because the game discriminates against nobody. Men, women, the rich, the poor, you can play it when you're three years old and you can play it all the way to your 90. So don't tell me that soccer isn't a sport. I think it's actually the ultimate sport. So if you want to go if you want to go toe to toe with me, you can. I would just I, I, I just want to see you try and juggle a ball for more than five seconds. That's all I want to see. And for those of you right now that are thinking, because I know a lot of you are after that rant he just went on. For those of you that are thinking, well, Carter said he played goalie. So he didn't run like those other players. He didn't run 9.5 miles. Fun fact. A goalie averages seven miles in a game. Boom! Two facts that I don't know shit about soccer, and I was able to rattle off. You've got to be proud of me. I'm really proud of you. <laughs> I, as a goalkeeper, I, I want to see you go through the training regiments that goalkeepers go through. It's it's arguably I you know I would have some some midfielders and forwards say otherwise, but I think it's a little bit more grueling because you're throwing everything you have into every single play. It's like I would liken it to to the 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 sporadic plays that that NFL linemen go through and it's 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 short bursts but it's every it's every ounce of your your strength and your agility and everything that you have so it takes you have to be really really in shape if you want to be a top end goalkeeper so let me ask you do you guys wear the gloves in the goal solely because of how fast the the ball is coming at you to where it would hurt or damage your hand if you didn't have those those gloves on I mean, back in the day, I think in the 20s and 30s, all the, all the way up to maybe 40s or 50s, um, and not, maybe not the 50s, but I think the late 40s is when they started using goalkeepers, is when they started using gloves as goalkeepers. They didn't wear gloves for, for hundreds of years in, in soccer, and it was a heavier ball. It was more dangerous. But gloves for goalkeepers, they add a little bit of grip. They do take the sting out of it. But you really, with, with, with the – with the, the style of, of soccer balls that are in circulation, you really, it, it doesn't protect your hand any more than, than it normally would. You do, there's, there's gloves that have the spines and the fingers that can prevent you from, from breaking your finger that way. But they really just add a little bit more grip, just a little bit of protection and just a little bit of wrist support. So it depends on, on the style of glove that you wear, the type of foam, the type of cut on the finger. So it really depends, but um, it does, it does protect, it does take the sting out of it for sure. Guys, I don't know enough about soccer to really speak about it compared to a guy that played D1 for four years. But the fact that there are people out there that say soccer is not a sport, that guys flop, Carter hit the nail on the head. To me, the weakest sport there is, period, is the NBA. And I know a lot of you are not going to like me for saying that. There's going to be a lot of backlash from me saying that. But the NBA, there are so many flops. There's no sprinting in the NBA unless it's maybe one or two breakaways, it's jogging back. And the reason I say this, I got to watch James Harden in person here in Charlotte, and I was shocked. I've seen him on TV a hundred times. I think he is a great athlete and a great basketball player, but how slow the pace of play is with a guy like that, 
yes, there's physicality underneath. Yes, somebody takes a charge here and there. But there's no consistent body-to-body action that there is in hockey, football, soccer. I just – and if we're talking body contact sport, let me disclose that. So we're not talking tennis. We're not comparing golf because there is no contact. But you can't look ask, at – Ask Happy Gilmore. Okay, that true. The price is wrong, <laughs> Carter. The price is wrong. But, yeah, for those of you that think soccer is not a sport, I may not speak to it. I may not watch a whole lot of it. And, yes, I'll admit, I am that guy that will tune in when the USA is playing. And I'll be fully invested. I will not go anywhere. I'll sit in front of my TV. I'll try and take a day off of work to make sure I watch the men and women's USA team because I just I, I want to pull for my country. And I just see what they go through. It's not your average friendly, which can still be an aggressive game. But it is something that they're trying to do for their country and to show how how much the sport means to them and should mean to everybody else. So I may not talk about it, but I fully respect it. And, Carter, you playing it and explaining it like that. I can definitely tell somebody had you fired up. There, Yeah. I I named their names, and I'm not going to say them again because they know who they are, and they're not. They're going to listen to this and think that I'm – I, I, it was, it was Cole Paquette who said soccer players have no class. I don't understand where that's coming from. You look, I just have, I have to say, Cristiano Ronaldo, the, one of the most famous soccer players on the planet, one of the most famous athletes on the planet, was one of the, is a, a phenomenal philanthropist. He donates a lot of his money to charity. Um, and I remember, I think it was the last World Cup, there was a fan of, of Ronaldo's. Who had uh, brain surgery coming up because he had he had can't he had brain cancer he had tumors in his brain, and Cristiano Ronaldo not only paid for his medical bills, paid for his surgery, paid for his recovery, but cut his hair in the same shape as the scar on this kid's head, as tribute to this kid who is you know is fighting the ultimate battle of his life, and and I don't I don't know where you get that and you think to yourself that soccer players have no class so. No, so- people that say soccer players that have no class are the same people that say they don't like soccer. And I run into it all the time, especially here. They in don't the- watch soccer. Agree. They, 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 they see what they see of soccer is a caricature. And I, uh, and I can vouch for that, especially down here in the South when it comes to hockey. I have people that are, you're a hockey fan? Like you watch hockey? Why? Hockey's boring. No, anybody that says hockey, soccer, Either one of those sports, both of them, is boring. It's not fun to watch. It's stupid. They don't, they, they don't watch it. It's for one reason. They don't understand the game. Anybody that says they don't like a particular sport, I don't care if it's tennis. I don't care if it's soccer. I don't care if it's golf. I, I don't care what it is. If you say you don't like it, it's solely because of one thing. You don't understand it, which also means you don't respect it. I used to make fun of curling. And then I paid attention to it. I learned the rules. I went out and did it myself. Curling is electric. It's so much oh fun. <laughs> that, that caught me off guard. I didn't know where you were going. Curling. Okay. It is a I sport. I love curling. <laughs> I get so into much fun. So I'll, I'll try not to go out on a tangent with this because it's not Boston related. I get into this all the time. I am a huge diehard NASCAR fan. I will oh, yeah. sit four hours in front of my TV and I will watch guys drive in circles. Yes. Circles. Because all they're doing is making left-hand turns. False. 
They are driving 200 miles an hour with oh my cars God. inches away from them. And I want you, for anybody that is laughing right now, take a 50-pound book and hold it about six inches away from your chest. And every 30 seconds, I want you to turn that book 90 degrees. And I want you to do that for four hours. And tell me you don't have to use the bathroom. Tell me your arms aren't tired. And then tell me, oh, wait, you're in a 120-degree car with G-forces like you're in a jet. The engineering that goes behind it all, behind the scenes, to put the car together in the first place, I don't even want to get go. I could go on a it's, Yeah, it's the same people that say – that say cheerleading isn't a sport. It's the same people that say golf takes no skill. It's the same people that say I, I can I could go on, but if they just it's it's neither here nor there. They're not going to change their mind, and and that that's so that's where we're at. I will say I will say this, and then we'll jump to our last set our last stop. Just just small disclaimer: cheerleading is so a sport. It's incredibly difficult. You could die doing it every single time, and golf. Just take two swings, try and get it, try and get it near the fairway and tell me how easy it is. That, and I will say this. For those of you, I had one person argue with me that said Tony Stewart was fat and out of shape. So he is not an athlete. He just drove a car in a circle. So then I asked them, I said, okay, is a, is a golfer an athlete? And they're like, 100%, the skill, all this, the shape they have to be in. And I paused them and I said, wait a second. John Daly, who was well overweight, <laughs> he drank alcohol and smoked cigarettes while he was playing golf. I said, was he an athlete? And they're like, yeah, look, he played golf. Okay, so a guy like Tony Stewart, same type of body shape that you just said wasn't an athlete because he drove a car, you compared John Daly to him as an athlete. End of story. But last thing we'll touch on. In the, in this, in the spirit of people getting upset for no reason – Let's talk about the NFL halftime show. NFL halftime show. Do you guys feel it was great? Do you feel it was bad? Do you feel it was pornographic? How do you guys feel about the Super Bowl? I look at it as two females that have been well known for their singing, their dancing, and their acting, doing what they've done for years on stage for the Super Bowl. I don't see anything wrong with it. Carter, any certain way you feel about the way the Super Bowl halftime show went? I think you have to look at it this way. There, I think Shakira is 43 years old. Jennifer Lopez is 50. Try and dance. Try, try and just dance for fun for, for five, five minutes and tell me you're not a little bit out of breath. And please be doing good what, at it. Doing what they did for 20 minutes straight. The production value was incredible. It was simple. It was nice. Um, the choreography, the the amount of time that you have to prepare for that, they didn't get paid for that. No Super Bowl performer gets paid, nope. by the way. So they're doing that just for the exposure. They're doing it because they, they, they love to. Let's talk about the Puerto Rican flag, which, by the way, Puerto Rico is part of the United States of America. Puerto Ricans are Americans. I don't <laughs> they're think there's, you know, they're un-American. They're it's that's part of america i don't know where you forgot or where you know i'm sorry you were sick on the day of that history class in high school <laughs> puerto rico's part of america and it was it was not too sexual it was not adam levine took his whole shirt off last year and people lost their minds in a good way 
Shakira and, and 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 Jennifer Lopez dance for 20 minutes, and all of a sudden it's it's too much. And guess what, guys? For those of you that are on the live video right now, there's a thing in my hand. Um, Northerners call it a clicker. Uh, other people call it a remote. There's a thing called a power button to where you can turn it off and on. There's also a cool thing. It says vol, which some of you may know as volume. Uh, and then you have a CH. You can call it a chuh, or it stands for channels, whatever you want to do with that. It goes up and down. When you click that button, it turns off whatever was currently on your television. If you don't like it, you feel it's offensive to your kids, you don't want your kids to watch it, whatever it may be. Two things. Take your kids away from the TV or change the channel. Or expose them to what reality is and what real life is. Don't keep them cooped up and afraid of how they're going to feel because there's two females dancing to music on the television. Music that has sold millions upon millions of records, hundreds of millions of records. And they're, they're, they're smart. They're empowered. They are speaking for more than just themselves. <coughs> they're proving to any girl or any woman that wants to make anything of themselves. And they don't need to do it in a conventional way. No. And I'll go one further. People are digging so hard at this that they said, oh, there was kids in cages on the side of the stage. Guys, it had to do with the performance. Kids weren't locked in cages to be put in cages on national TV. Quit trying to turn it into something it wasn't. It was part of a performance, part of a stage set, part of a background. These kids weren't handcuffed and not fed for months or weeks. So quit trying to dig and make it sound so bad. There's a guy trying to sue the NFL. Just stop. It was yeah. by far, you go, so Demi Lovato, hands down, had the best national anthem ever sung for any Super Bowl ever played. It was amazing. It was great. It was, it was perfect. The halftime performance was on point. That was great. Stop yeah, I don't know where dig. all these, I'm sorry for these people who thought it was offensive or whatever it was, but yeah, I don't know who was chaining you to your couch, but I, I just have to apologize for that. But I'm sorry that someone, whoever it was, you know, tied tied a ball and chain to, to to your leg and sat you down in your in front of your TV. But you are more than welcome to leave the room. It goes back to nothing can happen on TV nowadays. Take take sports out of the aspect for just a minute, guys. It no matter what happens in life, whether it's a sporting event, a school event, um, something on the news, um, cultural event, whatever it is, whether it's good, bad, ugly amazing what, what whatever wherever i'm trying to even go with this somebody is always going to try and find a way to stick a needle in it to make it out to be bad why when something good is going on why can't we just carry on and enjoy and respect what happened i i, I don't understand it but that's the way it is nowadays people get criticized over everything me and carter will get dms over th- certain things that we said on this podcast it's just, it's life. You, you let it come, you let it go, and you keep it moving. But Couldn't have said it better myself. That's all I got. Carter, you good? I'm good, and I'm sure I'm going to get a couple messages. And Oh, you will, and I know uh, you're going to get I'll, them from, I'll, too. I know. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll see you guys on the field and see if you can keep up. Ooh, that's a challenge. If anybody's in Massachusetts, we could actually televise that or record it and put it on something that could be televised. Do us a favor, guys. If you're on – you're listening – Go to our Instagram, click the bio. We've got our Off the Post Boston Sports Podcast shirts out. 
Uh, we're going to be revealing some stuff for spring training for the Sox, playoff shirts for both the Celtics and the Bruins. Working oh, on yeah, some. Just uh, real quick, touching on the Revolution because they're heading out to, to California for their preseason. They got a couple games coming up against the LA Galaxy and uh, the Colorado Rapids in the next two weeks. So nice. it's going to be exciting preseason for them. They got Matt Turner back from the uh, from the national team from his January camp, his second stint with them. Uh, they got a bunch of new players. They got uh, Kellen Rowe is, is returning back from uh, Kansas City and uh, and, and uh, Real Salt Lake. They got Sinovich back from, from Sporting Kansas City. It's going to be a full year under Bruce Arena, um, the, the, the most decorated coach in Major League Soccer history. So I'm excited for the Revs. That's awesome. And, guys, everything Carter says, I agree with it because I don't know what he was just talking about, but it sounded great. <laughs> <laughs> the Revolution are starting up preseason. Uh, it's going to be good. So, guys, as always, episode 10, thanks for joining. Uh, off the post, Boston sports, all Boston, all sports, all the time. Carter, been great. I'll talk to you later. Thank you, guys. See ya.